With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Rays reporter, Bill Chastain. And, Bill, we're getting close to spring training. We're starting to see video of trucks packing equipment up from Major League ballparks heading south and west to Florida and Arizona. Obviously a little bit different for the Rays. It's about an hour-and-a-half drive from Tropicana Field down to Port Charlotte. Uh, one of those advantages to being a Florida team and your spring training right there in Florida. But you've also gotten to see the uh, some of the players working out at Tropicana, right, as we get ready for spring training? Yeah, I was over there today, and so they had about 10 of the guys there. I got to see uh, see meet uh, Steve Pierce for the first time, and um, and it's actually the first time I remember seeing Corey Dickerson hit. He's, he's a pretty strong rascal watching him hit. Um, Ruben was, or, uh, Rene Rivera was there, and... Um, You mentioned some of the new guys, and I, I think it's always a good sign when, when the new players are, are working out early on, before they officially have to be at spring training, getting there, getting to know other guys on the team. Um, can't hurt, right, as far as getting this team to blend together chemistry-wise? Oh, totally. I think it's a smart move for any new player, and both Dickerson and Pierce plan on being in camp early uh, just to kind of you know simulate and, and get to know some of the guys, get to know the area. Uh, both of them seem very agreeable. The guys already seem to like these guys. So uh, uh, I think they'll both be a, a plus in the clubhouse, it looks like. We're going to use this podcast to kind of look back across the off season, the moves that the Rays have made, how they've improved themselves heading into 2016. But before we get to that, Bill, I know you were there on site when Kevin Kiermeyer made a, made a great attempt for charity. I think the, the size of the stake was – 35 ounces is is that correct and talk about just the event and, and what Kiermaier was doing there trying to raise some money for charity well Smokey Bones was having introducing a new menu item which is this 35 ounce or two pound uh, bone in ribeye so um, he, he graciously uh, Kiermaier graciously accepted to take on the challenge uh, you know, man versus or center fielder versus food so um it was kind of funny watching him, though, because he sat down for it. And, and I got a little heads up beforehand. He really didn't plan on trying to eat the whole thing. You know, he's in training. You know, and I, I, I think he probably would have looked kind of like the python that ate the billy goat, you know, seeing it go down the belly. But um, he, he gave it a good try. But it was funny to see him to start. You know, first thing he does is start nibbling on some of the potatoes and the salad and, you know, before he even went for the steak. But uh, he had a good time, and a lot of the fans there had a good time with him. Yeah, and he didn't quite get there, but in, in Kiermaier's defense, I think on the menu it's supposed to be a steak for at least two, if not three people, for Smoky Bones, and, and he made a good dent in it by himself. All right, let's move on to, to the offseason as a whole. 
Um, we're going to start at the beginning, Bill. We go back to way back to November 5th because the Rays made some news as far as the hot stove goes, really as, as early as anybody in baseball making a trade with the Seattle Mariners. They sent away Nathan Carnes, C.J. Riefenhauser, and Boog Powell, but they bring back some key pieces, Brad Miller, Logan Morrison, and then a pitcher in Danny Farquhar. Um, we've kind of talked about this trade numerous times throughout the offseason, but it kind of set the tone, didn't it, for, for this hot stove season for the Rays? Yeah, and it, and it was kind of out of character for them. To, normally they don't get out of the gate that quick. A lot of times they seem to wait until winter meeting type, uh, you know, the calendar sort of. But they addressed two important items uh, in, in that respect right away. They, uh, they grabbed the shortstop. They knew going into the offseason they, they probably weren't going to bring back uh, Cabrera because he was going to get too much on the free agent market. So they immediately addressed, addressed that. They brought in, they addressed their power with Logan Morrison. They're hoping to get a lot from them this year, uh, particularly against right-handed pitching. And Farquhar, you know, has done some good things in the past. And I think coming to the Rays is probably a good thing for his career because they always seem to be able to find a way to straighten the guy out who's got potential. So looked like a good plus right from the start. They gave up a good player in Nathan Carnes, um, who they had you know, acquired the year before. They got a lot from Nathan Carnes uh, last year. So uh, I think that was a plus, what Nathan did for the team, that they were able to get what they did for him. Miller, a guy that they'll be able to control for some time. And, and Logan Morrison, I feel like, has been snake-bitten a little bit. Um, I had a discussion with one of our guys that – that follows StatCast and is really locked into all the StatCast stuff. And he talked about Logan Morrison as far as exit velocity and and the fact that he hits the ball hard. And in 2015, really, it didn't pan out the way it does for most players. Morrison was one of those guys that hit the ball hard but seemed to hit the ball at people in 2015. So you would think going forward, eventually in baseball, things tend to even out. And if you have bad luck one year, it can lead to good luck the next year. Is that one of the things the Rays in that front office are, are look at, I guess? I, I know that they're into the, the advanced metrics and they do a lot of that stuff. So is that the kind of thing that they would look at and like Logan Morrison and expect more out of him than maybe he's shown the past couple of years? Totally. And also when you put in there, you factor in there that Tropicana Field is a little more friendly offensively than, uh, you know, Safeco. I think that bodes well for him. Uh, and, but certainly exit velocity is is a big thing they look at. And it's funny that a tale of two Logans, uh, last year we were talking the same thing about Logan Forsythe. You know, his first year with the team, he hit the ball hard a lot, and they just found gloves, you know. So sometimes it just comes down to, you know, hitter's luck. Yeah, and then, of course, last year it, it, they didn't find gloves for Logan Forsythe as he was really the club MVP in 2015. All right, then, as we move along in the offseason from November to December, before the winter meetings, they went out and made another deal. They get Hank Conger from the Astros. Uh, all they give up in that move was cash. So they bring in another catcher. Um, they have catching, but now they have some depth there, and Conger's a guy they like the bat, correct? Yeah, they like the bat, and, and the idea of, of having him, uh, you know, used against right-handed pitching, he was particularly good against right-handed pitching. The big uh, strike against him was he only threw out one of 44 runners. Uh, and talking to some scouts, though, they said it didn't look like it was so much of an arm strength problem. So, you know, it might be something they can 
they can work on mechanically back there to get things back in order. But, you know, they're headed to camp with three solid catching uh, candidates now because they have Kirk Casale, who did some nice things offensively. Uh, Rene Rivera, who they acquired last year, uh, is defensively a great catcher and struggled offensively last year. And then, of course, Conger, who, like I said, uh, had good offense but struggled defensively. Now, one of the guys I saw at Park today was uh, Rivera, and he was he looked great. He uh, he played only a little bit of winter ball, um, and he's been working with uh, former major leaguer Luis Salasea, uh, working on hitting the ball the other way some. So he's very enthusiastic about the change, and, and he thinks that's going to make a big difference in his offense. Bill, is there a scenario where they would carry the three catchers into the regular season, or is, is that not possible? Well, you know, it's mind-boggling the, the scenarios they have because they are so flexible. You know, when you start with all the outfielders and, and DH candidates, because, you know, Conger looks like he could be a DH candidate against right-handed pitching, but so does Logan Morrison, particularly particularly having still having uh, James Loney at first base. So, um Something's going to have to give here sooner or later, but uh, it's probably you know a nice problem to have at this point going into spring training with some depth in, uh, on the offensive side. Yeah, it's certainly the kind of problem the Rays love to have. They love to have those movable pieces. So then things kind of went quiet for the Rays. We heard rumors throughout the rest of December, uh, January, and then they strike again late. Another trade. They get Corey Dickerson, who you spoke of, and they get Kevin Padlow from the Rockies for Jake McGee and Herman Marquez. Now, McGee is a guy who you heard plenty of rumors about. He, If they're going to trade another pitcher, he's probably the guy who would go um, and then that's what ends up happening almost once we had kind of forgotten about the possibility. But they get more power, and you think of this lineup, Logan Morrison added to it, and then Corey Dickerson added to it. This is a team that could be significantly better as far as producing runs this season. And on top of that, if you look at their, uh, you know, the last two months of the season, they had taken more of an aggressive approach at the plate, and it was really starting to pay some dividends. So if you put these new guys into that, you know, the improvements they made at the end of last season, I think there is some uh, reason to be optimistic about uh, the offense, you know, giving the team a little something this year. And you said Dickerson looked great when you saw him today. He missed missed a lot of 2015 uh, plantar fasciitis. 2014, though, the number's great, 312, 24 homers, 76 RBIs. Of course, he did play at Coors Field, but – Tropicana, not exactly a pitcher's park, so you would hope the trans- transition would at least go decently from Coors Field to Tropicana. So you look at all these moves, Bill. Um, they've added some offense. They get a shortstop to fill that spot that, that they knew they were losing. They add another catcher to the mix. They've had all the pitching. That wasn't really an issue. So much young pitching. You look at a team that went 80-82 and 82 a year ago. Uh, despite plenty of injuries, is this a team that's ready to contend in 2016? Oh, yeah. I, I think uh, they. there's definitely reason to think they can do a lot better. And, and I want to refer back to the whole thing you were just talking about, uh, Dickerson talking, you know, playing at Coors Field. Um, he had a nice – I was teasing him upon inter, you know, introducing myself to him today that, uh, you know, he's going to get asked that question a bunch. And he had a really good explanation. He said, you know, while Coors Field is a, um, you know, it's a bonus to hitters to play there, he said it's a bonus to hitters to play at their home park anywhere because you get more comfortable. 
And so he, you know, he sees no reason he can't find that same comfort at Tropicana Field. Uh, but you know, when you play 81 games a year at one park, you know you you know the batting, you know no, you know the batter's box, you know what the ball looks like on the pitcher's mound, the whole thing. So uh, you know maybe we're making a little bit too big a deal about that. But uh, I definitely think that, uh, things are looking looking good for the uh, coming season. It's it's going to be interesting to see what the final moves are made before the season starts because if they get out of spring training healthy, they're definitely going to have to make some. And we will be following that throughout the spring with you, Bill, here on the MLB.com Extras uh, Rays edition of the podcast. Bill Chastain, thanks a lot as always. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.